Yes, yes, it is DJ Ski from Dash Radio, and you are now listening to the number one South Asian radio station in the world. I'm talking about Ruckus Avenue Radio, Dash Radio's exclusive South Asian station. Let's go. I'm a doctor, a father, an American, an Indian. I've had conversations about life from every angle, and as I've navigated the South Asian experience, I share stories of people and their purpose, and what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and on this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, I'm joined by Tabla Virtuoso and international phenomenon, Zakir Hussain. Stay tuned. So I distinctly remember growing up and having idols, wanting to mimic their otherworldly skills and abilities, which were simply so dazzling, seemingly effortless and spectacular. Speaking of spectacular, thank you so much for listening and sharing with your friends, for subscribing to the podcast and rating it, and for following us on social media at Dr. Abhaydandekar. When I was nine years old, the few superhumans who made it to my idol list were Bruce Lee, Magic and Kareem, obviously, and my mom's brother Arun, who was and still is the coolest of the cool. Then one evening, my parents took me to a live classical Indian music concert in Santa Monica. Now, pop and rock radio music were fairly active in my life, but in my house, Indian music was in the background constantly, although I hadn't seen or heard much of this performed live. So that night, I discovered a real joy in watching some masters of classical Indian music and art, some truly foundational instrumentalists, vocalists, dancers too, But there was one performer that night that I could not stop watching, a new idol, the tabla artist and virtuoso Ustad Zakir Hussain, someone who would spark in me a lifelong love for Indian classical music and rhythm and beats in general. He was simply mesmerizing, and even though there was a huge audience, it felt like he was letting me in on a big secret and performing just for me. Most importantly, out of all these master artists playing music and performing their art with such precision and skill, he seemed like he was having the most fun, a characteristic that has fueled a long career as an international phenomenon and one of the world's most esteemed and influential artists. Zakir is the foremost disciple of his father, the legendary Ustad Alaraka, and a child prodigy whose talent, rigor, and devotion to tabla blossomed into noteworthy artistic success by the age of 18. His music and performance over an almost 60-year career has bridged Indian musicians of every style and transcended genres through numerous collaborations and innovations, all elevating and bringing an appreciation of tabla as a global music imperative, with Zakir as its ambassador. Zakir has garnered numerous awards and accolades, performed for heads of state and international audiences, and composed and scored music for a wide range of productions, while always mindful of his humble reverence to his instrument, to the music, to his colleagues, to his students, and to his guru. His latest endeavors include a North American spring tour and an upcoming 15-year Planet Drum reunion. So I was incredibly grateful and humbled as we shared a conversation several weeks ago. We talked about cultivating musical dialogues to even once getting booed off stage. But we started with the curiosity that I'd had for years of whether he ever dreams about tabla. I have woken up in many a times with a new 
phrasing or pattern or an idea or even a complete composition. Yeah. That has happened. So my assumption is or my presumption is that uh, it, it appeared, it became whatever it was while I was sleeping and I was in my dream mode. Yeah. And so, yes, that has happened. Spiritually, things like that have happened. Those are probably built on beliefs more yeah. than anything else. But, uh, uh, you know, you're thinking about a particular, you know, you're thinking about your teacher, your guru, whoever yeah. it is, your mentor uh, on a very special, say, Guru Purnima. Yeah. And um, you go to bed and in the night, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. And it happens. You, I'm sure you do the same thing. You're thinking about something, talking about something, reading a particular book and it sort of stays with you. And then suddenly it, the scene plays out in your dream. Yeah. And it does happen. So, I, I mean, I've had that situation where I've woken up in the morning and, and realized that uh, maybe it was a visitation. Maybe it was just something that I already knew, which was sitting in the back of my head for the last 35 years. And, and uh, finally was liberated. Something triggered it yeah. and it came forward and revealed itself and, yeah. and, and said, here I am. And <laughs> so, I mean, I try to scientifically explain it. I yeah. try to, but, you know, I threw up my hand and say, okay. That it is what it is. It is what it is. It's yeah. one of those dream sequences. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you mentioned sort of this idea of is it spawned by your guru or your mentor or you have a thought about something. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about uh, reverence mm. and, and sort of reflection on that. And, you know, just a few weeks ago, as I think you do every early February, you celebrated Abaji's, your father, the great Ustad Alaraka's. Barsi, Feb 3rd. Feb 3rd. Yes. And then these few past weeks, we're now unfortunately forced to remembering the legacies of giants like Birju Maharaj and Mataji. Mataji yeah. You know, how much for you has reverence and respect to these masters informed your own art? And for that matter, I wonder if it's made you even a better innovator because of that reverence to these legends. Well, uh, the reverence obviously is built on 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 what you may call uh, the, the base of belief. You think as a, as a musician, as an artist, as a student, as a devotee, that you found somebody who's enlightened. Mm. You found somebody who is uh, just right for you. Yeah. You found somebody who has analyzed you before you even approached his door or her door. And, and uh, what I'm realizing slowly is that that finding and recognition of that finding is all from the devotee side. Mm. And, and, and what that basically means is it's an affirmation of the devotee's ability to be able to recognize that finding. Mm. To recognize that arrival and 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 that meeting and that uh, revelation yeah and 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 so we are basically patting ourselves on the back <laughs> as devotees and students oh look I have this ability to be able to 
you know, judge. I mean, who am I to judge? How yeah. do I know that person is great? I don't, but I, I don't have even a minuscule ability to be able to do that. But yet, I say to myself, that person's got it. Yeah. And I want some of it. I mean, so that's there. But the belief that, that I have arrived at a juncture in my life, at, at a point where I have a choice to make and uh, this appears to be the choice. Mm. And then I make it. And once I have made that choice and, and I've committed to it, then the respect, the devotion, the surrender, mm. uh, the acceptance, all that combines together into creating this huge big thing called reverence. Yeah. And once you get to that point, then you have understood the relevance yeah. of what it is that you're trying to do. So, uh, yes, uh, reverence is one of those uh, feeling, one of those emotions, one of those actions that uh, uh, are most important in you being able to step into that black hole. Knowing fully well, you have no idea where you're going to come out at the other end. It's an unknown, it's a discovery. It's an unknown and it's a discovery. Yeah. But having that and, and, and uh, you know, we all talk about being humble and yeah. all that and everything. Uh, that's out the window to start with simply because by patting yourself on the back, you've already become less humble. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and in the pathway to discovery, as you reflect on things, you shared a video recently of Abaji doing a Tilana, uh -huh. one of Lataji's songs. Uh -huh. And I'm so curious, when you look back and reflect and you have that sort of reverence, do you start discovering even new things about them, those people that you yeah, never that's... realized before? See, the thing is, a teacher or a mentor or a guru will be able to teach you everything which points to what not to do. Okay, but the guru can only provide you with the tools and hopefully install in you the thought process that it's up to you right. to be able to utilize those in any situation uh, as your reaction in the future. Yeah. Because the Guru does not know what's in the future. The Guru has no clue what you're going to face, uh, what kind of new technology will come, what kind of new way of thinking will appear, what 20 years down the road, how the people will be, what instruments will there be. No clue. So the two Guru can only provide you with this is what you don't do. Yeah. Because believe me, I've done it and it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like giving you the guardrails. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And, and so it's up to you to be able to uh, innovate, yeah. to be able to roll with the waves mm. as they take you on your journey towards the horizon, which you will never reach. But the journey is there. And, and because you have the tools, you know how to stand on the deck yeah. and have your sea legs. Yeah. 
and 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 move forward uh you will find that uh, you are able to look at the north star and figure out a new way to go or, or and and so on and so forth so yes when you believe in what has been given to you has relevance is valid mm. uh, no matter what period of life you are in yeah and and your respect for it your love for it your reverence for it is of peak value yeah what you then are able to do is with love and affection and with care construct a, a vocabulary that you will use to tell that same old story that your teacher told 30 years ago yeah yeah uh, but because you're telling it in your own vocabulary it will have some shades that are different right right it will have your signature on it yeah have my signature on it so yes uh, but the care and the reverence is what will make it legit and what will establish the bridge and the connection to the roots where it came from to your guru and then from your guru to you yeah. and then when it's passed on uh, it's uh, longevity is assured yeah yeah it's it's it doesn't have a cul-de-sac no. um, there it's it's no. never ending in that way you're listening to trust me i know what i'm doing after a short break we'll come back to our conversation with master tabla artist zakir hussein stay tuned Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with Tabla Virtuoso, Zakir Hussain. Do you remember your first performance in public? It's kind of hard to tell, but I was told about my first performance by my father and then later confirmed by the musician I played with, which was Ustad Ali Akbar Khan. Hmm. And I was seven years old and I went to the concert with my dad and uh, my dad was not well at that time mm. and uh, so he had to get up for a few minutes and uh, and he saw me fidgeting so he and ali akbar khan sab exchanged looks yeah and then uh, so he looked at me and said will you play and i said yes in hindi of course yeah and he said you know what tal it is i said yes teen tal i know that and he said okay so Here you go play I'll be right back and he didn't sit around to guide me he just walked away it was like deep yeah. end <laughs> right <laughs> and Ali Akbar Khan played and I played teen tal along with him never realizing the enormity of the situation but just reveling in all the attention coming sure. in my way you know it's like yeah. not 
caring about who I was saying with one of the one of the daves of right. music right <laughs> it didn't matter later on I, I, I like like a cringe like what was what was I doing <laughs> in any case so that's what I was told like my father told me this his students told me this and then finally I confirmed it with Ustad Ali Akbar Khan and he said yes yeah but my first real professional concert was also with Ustad Ali Akbar Khan Sahib okay. it was for the press club of India. Oh, wow. It was in Bombay. Yeah. In those days, Bombay, yeah. not Mumbai. Yeah, Mumbai. Uh, and um, I was asked to play with them. Yeah. And it was just for the press people. It was in a kind of an intimate hall. Sure. And uh, on Churchgate. And uh, how old were you? I was 12. 12? Yeah. Do you remember how you felt just before you started the performance? Um, what was going on? I was head. actually excited. I was, uh, you know, really raring to go because, you know, the limelight, yeah. the hamming, the, 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 you know, all that yeah. accolade right. coming at you. A lot of enthusiasm from all around. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, I, I, I was addicted. Yeah. I, I wanted that. And, and, and I did not realize what I was, the situation I was in. Even then, I wasn't aware. Of, 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 of the significance of sitting next to Ustad Ali Right. Uh, I was too young. It goes was, back to that whole reverence yeah, idea yeah. in that way. Yeah. But the, the, in my mind, there was this audiophile of how my father has played with him. Mm. So there were these points A, B, C, D and stuff there. Imprinted. And, imprinted. Yeah. Because I'd been watching him play with Ustad Ali Akbar Khan Sahib, Ravi Shankarji, Vilayat Khan Sahib and so on since I was five years old. So it was there and I could call upon that information to offer accompaniment. Mm. That doesn't mean that I am saying that Ustad Ali Akbar Khan Sahib played exactly the same way he played. Right. No. It just meant that that's what I did. Yeah. And... The greatness of Khansab, Ali Akbar Khansab was that he acknowledged it and, and moved the musical conversation in a situation where he knew this is what I was going to be putting out on the table. Is that, what, is that the real sort of metric of a master? That they're so situationally aware that they're flexible and adapting to the environment uh -huh. in subtle ways that only later you realize. Exactly. Yeah. That does happen. And that also forms incredible partnerships. When both the masters know each other so well and each other's salient features so well that they create situations whereby one or the other is showcased to be able to do that which they do best. The first time I ever watched you perform, I was nine years old. Hmm. It was in Los Angeles. It was 1980. You were performing with Shiv Kumar Sharmaji mm -hmm. and Hari Prasadji. And at the back time, to back. back to back. Yeah. yeah. At the time, I didn't. I had this was my very first classical Indian music concert, and. What I was thinking about was, I wonder, in these kinds of moments where you're playing with reverence and these masters and 
yeah. titans mm. of, of their art. Mm-hmm. Is it easy to forget that you're also a fan? That you're also a, a music lover and you're also a music listener? And at, how do you balance this idea of you're a master, you're a performer, you're an artist, and at the same time you have this incredible devotion and reverence to the people you're playing with? Does that do you ever and get to awestruck? what is being played? And to what is being played, do you ever get awestruck in some ways by that? Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. it does happen. But at the same time, as a fan, yeah, as you know, somebody who who loves the work that they do, it's kind of interesting or mischievous to put into conversation. Um, a musical thought that I know that will that will point to them that I remember them doing something okay so it's the same thing like saying you know knowing what they do best and being able to lay down the the carpet in a way that brings the conversation to that which they do which I want them to do as a as fan, a, as a fan. Yeah. and and so but and, and it's it's a dual purpose because not only am I satisfied yeah. that my needs are being met but at the same time I'm offering my reverence to them saying I've been watching you I've, yeah. been, I've been listening to you and learning from you and, and, and what you're doing I want you to do this because it's such a great thing and it has influenced me so much you're almost that. providing the space and the amplification yeah. for that to yeah. happen yeah and they're doing the same for me right <laughs> that's one of the reasons why Ravi Shankarji and my father work so well together yeah it's one of the reasons why Shiv Kumarji and I worked so well together Hariji and I worked so well together because it wasn't that they were the lead masters and I was the accompanist. Yeah. Was that they allowed me to be. Right. They allowed me to walk my path. Sometimes I fell on my face, but that was okay. And and uh, they gave me, they were my, what would you call that? My blackboard, something yeah. That I was going to throw things at, and uh, and they will kind of show me whether it stuck, right, or it didn't, or it's not. When you say that there were times when you maybe it didn't stick, and the blackboard was there, but the the experiment was not necessarily a success. Uh-huh. As now, someone who's gone through so many iterations of that, how do you, in fact, take uh, imperfections and those experiments now compared to you know 1980 or when you were 12 is there a a difference in how you necessarily look at those kinds of uh, improvements or opportunities to improve well a lot of us grew up or grew up in those days with a defense mechanism built in yeah whereby if somebody said something to you about something not working, right. it was more about that person didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> Those kind of defense mechanisms were there. Yeah. I started my life 
as an 11 or 12 year old, mostly in the Bombay film industry. Okay, so it's playing with those orchestras. So you're working with musicians where there was a constant banter about, hey, that, you know, or, it's not gonna find, it's a laboratory almost. Yeah, yeah, it's a laboratory. Yeah. So the whole process of uh, analysis yeah. that was being offered. You're getting feedback all the time. All the time and yeah. constant. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to have grown up in that manner. So for me, it was not an issue that if something worked or didn't work. The whole idea was that I, I tried it. It was important. Right. I mean, it was, uh, I mean, what? A thousand mistakes makes one right. Beauty. One beauty yeah. come out. I mean, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I've never felt threatened when I'm on stage. Yeah. When I'm playing with musicians. I've always felt that there is information to be gleaned, mm -hmm. there's, in, there's lessons to be learned and uh, playing with someone like Ustad Ali Akbar Khansa where I spent many years in this town uh, being his accompanist and teaching at his college and he was one of those kind of musicians, God bless him, uh, who had no fear of failing. He was considered the greatest instrumentalist of India. Hmm. And, but one of the things about great musicians, and I'm not talking about someone like me or anybody, I'm talking about them, yeah. is that you will hear them 10 times. There, were, there are two or maybe three of those hearings where you'll be taken to heavens. It'll be sublime. You've seen the spirit. Yeah. You've seen the burning bush Moses saw right. up in the mountain. Whatever. Yeah. You see that. Yeah. But eight or seven of those would be less than ordinary. Not because they are not great. It's yeah. because they are attempting something new. They, they are not afraid to fail. Is there a joy that's equal in those... Well, experiences, right? Absolutely. And, and do you get that same kind of, is it different or is it equally as important when there are musicians who are not in the classical Indian tradition, uh, John McLaughlin, mm -hmm. any of the folks oh, no, who no, it's the same for all right? music. They, it's universal in that It's way. universal. Yeah. I mean, that you have to arrive at that same place. Right. Uh, and, and, and success is iffy, but failure is definite. You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. After a short break, we'll come back to our conversation with master tabla artist, Zakir Hussain. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with Tabla Virtuoso, Zakir Hussain. Bruce Lee, uh-huh. he said that, I fear not the man who practices 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who practiced one kick 10,000 times. Hmm. And, and how has, for that matter then, in thinking about all these sublime experiences and the ease that you have on stage with other partners in, in music, how has riyaz and practice and the curiosities about tabla evolved for you as you've become more and more mature and developed as an artist? Well, uh, initially the riyaz was more about how loud I can play, how fast I can play, right, and for how long I can maintain that. Yeah, that's what it was, and uh, and you did that, and then. The riyaz was more about, okay, I'm going to be playing with the sitar player or with the dancer or something. So let me just, you know, get that information in my head yeah. and, and, and build my file number one, number two, number three, number four. It was always about me. It yeah. was all, always about what I was going to do on stage. Right, right. In the, in, in, and, and so that's what it was. Later on, the riyaz became much more about reaction, learning to react to what might happen. Mm. So then I would uh, listen to 15 recordings of Hari Prasadji or 20 recordings of Usad Vilayat Khansa or yeah. something and, and learn the compositions, learn the way they move the ragas, Try to see what emotional experience they're going through when when a particular music passage is played by them. Right. Fine. And and basically take that audio and in my mind visualize the concert that I attended and focus and zero in on their face and uh, just. Try to decipher what that face is saying. What is going on? How do they feel? How are they feeling? Yeah. It's very important that when I accompany someone like them, that whatever they're feeling at the moment is magnified by me yeah. as well. I shouldn't just close the door on it. Yeah. You know, by wanting to do what I want to do. It's a complimentary. It's to be complimentary. Yeah. And it's said that uh, uh, like a tabla player is like a, like a chauffeur of, of a beautiful car. Yeah. And the artist is, the main artist is sitting in the back. And it's the tabla player's job to drive that artist on that road of discovery, musical conversation discovery, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Avoiding all the potholes, all the speed breakers, as smooth a ride as possible. Right. To the destination where we need to go. So uh, later on in my life, that became the focus of yeah. my riyas. Mm. And, and so I found myself doing less and less sit down, technical, right. physical playing, but more and more ana- analyzing. Yeah of information so if I'm going to be going to play a concert with John McLaughlin 
I'm, I'm not only listening to the music that we played together, but what did he do 20 years ago? What did right. he do 15 years ago? Because, I mean, it is a must. It will happen that when you're listening to a great musician playing, that and that musician is being spontaneously creative, that he will or she will tap into information back there because there are some moments that are special right to that musician and, yeah. and so it will come yeah and, and when it does and you recognize it and let it be known so the experience and the joy of that discovery on both sides almost i wonder if the uh, evolution of that is having a greater sense of empathy for the people that you're performing with mm -hmm. and what informs them, their recordings, the, their exposures, mm -hmm. the narrative that brought them to that place along with you. Mm. I saw you recently at SF Jazz mm. and you were playing with an electronic uh, pianist and wow. a drummer uh -huh. and uh, um, a Middle Eastern uh, single drum oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, artist. And it was mesmerizing and it, it made me think of one thought in that is it possible that the master tabla artist is also exceptional at spatial mathematics? That your sense of time and creativity and spontaneity and in that way, precision is just different. That, that you've developed this kind of understanding of that kind of mathematics. Is that possible? It is possible. I think what what the tabla player, a successful tabla player, uh, achieves is 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 to ma is to somehow control or get good with the ability to utilize space. Yeah. And when I say space, this is beat. And this is the next beat, and there's this space in between. Right. Right. So, how to utilize that space in between? Because that is like the basis or forms the it's it's the foundation of a conversation. Right. Uh, how in that space, whether you're supposed to say hmm or you're supposed to say yeah. Or you're supposed to say, yeah, okay, I understand. Or, or you're supposed to say, yes, but what about da 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 yeah. So all those things. So utilizing, you've got two beats or you've got three beats. And in that space, to be able to drive the conversation forward into the territory it's supposed to go. Right. And, and, and I think that is something that one becomes more adapt at yeah. and 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 so that's that is 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 i think what's uh where we need to get to because mm -hmm. I, I used to watch my father playing with ravi shankarji and um, the old way of performance was the main instrument main instrument is plays 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 yeah then gives looks at the tabla player. The tabla player plays, 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 right. plays, plays. 
and so the 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 parallel uh, activities continued yeah what ravi shankar ji and my father initiated or or put into play in indian classical music was was a conversation yeah uh, that ravi shankar ji would say something and my father would have two or three beats left in the cycle to react to it and move things forward and he would do that it's a back and forth it's back an exchange and forth. it was yeah. so it was a constant back and forth as opposed yeah. to play 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 right. play 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 yeah. and 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 so watching that was i mean and they were already in their 50s yeah so it was at that juncture that they had arrived at that point mm. and, and, and therefore i imagine that that experience or that aha moment mm. of now everyone sharing in that yeah sort of spawned this incredible explosion mm. of of that kind of style oh, yeah you're listening to trust me i know what i'm doing after a short break we'll come back to our conversation with master tabla artist zakir hussain stay tuned Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with Tabla Virtuoso, Zakir Hussain. In that way, imagining your father at that age, you now in in your in this stage of your professional career, is it any easier to age as a classical musician artist as opposed to a pop artist or a film music artist? actually in this day and age it is the same because in the 60s and the 70s there was so much information available to everybody yeah now there is this much information available right and therefore there's this much chance to grow further right. and express yourself in different ways reinvent yourself sure Yeah so do all that stuff so i think it's the same for the for i would hesitate when it comes to western classical music mm-hmm. or opera because in that world you play or perform music that has been constructed for you in the past in the past yes you uh pat yourself on the back for having interpreted it your way notes have not been changed phrasing has not been changed rhythmic flow has not been tampered with right but somehow because you held a note for a half a second longer than someone else did before you give yourself a pat okay. sound right that's your signature your signature yeah. yeah so in classical music that's what's happened 
and 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 a classical musician would sw- would swear that there is room to grow mm. there's room to improve and and the definition of that improvement is is to how much more precision right you can put into that rendition as opposed to how differently you, and how many different interpretations right you can put into a rendition when it comes to other forms of music sure sure like jazz or classical or indian or so on any of those right yeah in that way because things are so democratized and as you said there's such a vast amount of knowledge that's available to mm-hmm. to folks along with mastery of the content and the art form itself how much of an ingredient is drive and competitiveness in being a successful professional artist oh absolutely a lot a lot yeah 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 i mean more than that is i think it's the love mm. of what you do you have to love it it cannot be a chore it's not work and is that love and that passion then naturally a byproduct of that is your drive is your sort of ability to achieve yeah because i mean you want to be a, on that golf course <laughs> right <laughs> there there's some there's some joy to that i guess yeah, yeah, i guess <laughs> but the thing is it has to be inside of you that i mean i used to watch my father and at the age of 70 he'd get on the stage and he start playing and he starts and then this smile would appear on his face yeah and the years would drop off and suddenly he was like a child mm. in the best play pen ever right with the greatest toy that ever was and that's it and and that joy and that that naked happiness yeah was something that i watched and i prayed that i hope when i get to be 70 that that happens with me too have you found that that there are more often uh performances where you reflect back and you're like yeah that one i wasn't just there i was i was evoking that same spirit of yeah. like this childlike yeah. joy the thing is to understand that whole performance will not be that yeah that there may be a moment or two where that is captured yeah that yeah. exhilaration that ecstasy mm-hmm. has been achieved mm-hmm. and and that's what it is you've seen the spirit for that one fleeting second and 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 nirvana has happened are the, for the performances that don't have that mm-hmm. um are i wouldn't say they're failures but are they is something missing then no it's, it's it's like i said it's just uh you know it didn't happen that day that's right. all yeah and move on yeah move on i yeah. mean it, it's not a failure it's just uh, you attempted something it didn't click it didn't yeah. stick but that's okay you will it'll stick the next day who knows i give you an example yeah i was 15 years old and i was playing with uh playing in a music festival in nagpur and i was playing with this violinist one day and we started playing and within 15 or 18 minutes we were booed off stage wow 
I wasn't playing badly or didn't think so and I know he wasn't playing badly yeah. but we were booed off stage there was a day gap and then the next day after that I was playing with a Sarod and Sitar player yeah. and playing this in the same festival and that day the, the applause and the you know the appreciation was beyond anything possible and we were even asked to play more mm. and the day after that there was a front page in Nagpur Times photo of us of a successful concert and I like same audience same tableau player got booed next got, day you're you know you're a the guy. king of the yeah. <laughs> you know pack so um, so that's that's fine that's part yeah. of what what it's going to be right and and so um, I am in no way worried about uh, those things if if it didn't happen that's fine I've actually even been in a performance in my life where things were so crazy on stage yeah that I decided at intermission that I wasn't going to continue and I didn't it must take a lot to recognize and say this is not working mm. we need to you know de-escalate yeah. this and yeah. you know call keeping it in day. mind the reverence the respect and who's yeah. involved and all that stuff it is takes i mean it is a tough thing to 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 uh, to, to to accept how do you teach that i mean i, I work with junior physicians mm -hmm. who one of the one of the things that as you said earlier uh, you know one of the basic functions of a teacher mm -hmm. is to provide those guardrails have people understand to know what their limits are so as a teacher for for your students and the people that you work with is is there something tangible to teach there is there a teaching moment that says look you can understand how much you've mastered and how much you're growing hmm. but it's equally important to understand what your limits are hmm. well i guess it may be interesting to consider what your limits are that day in the moment in the moment in that situation in the in the situation yeah. so that is uh, something to be considered uh, it's kind of hard to say because once you've accepted limits are you then saying to yourself that this is beyond failure there's no way no redemption here right. i want to walk away You're almost boxing yourself in yeah, yeah. Or, or is there like okay it didn't happen today but 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 there is hope right that there is some way to get this to the point where it needs to get to you almost have to forget that fast yeah and then move on and then move on do you are do you feel like teaching enhances your day-to-day -day performance is teaching vital to being a successful it artist? clarifies for me what it is that i do and and uh, makes it easier for me to be able to put together how I'm going to propose the next conversation on stage. Yeah. yeah. I'm learning. You're picking up from oh, yeah, know, yeah. other artists and your students. And other students, exactly. You're listening to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. After a short break, we'll come back to our conversation with master tabla artist Zakir Hussain. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing. Let's rejoin our conversation with Tabla Virtuoso, Zakir Hussain. You're a pan-generational uh, artist and an exponent of this, of this art, an ambassador. H- how does a classical instrument like Tabla remain globally relevant going forward in a incredibly digital, evolving era where a computer can reproduce almost anything. Um, true, true. Uh, but eventually, when you are in a concert hall and you're on stage and you're in the audience, you want to see someone create the sounds that you're hearing. You want to have an audiovisual experience. You need musicians to do that. When you sit on a, on, a, on a synthesizer and you push a button and you just look standing there and, and, and a fancy tabla phrase is coming out of it onto the speakers, people are wondering who's playing? Where right. is that coming from? Right. So in that sense, uh, the physical appearance of and the need of that instrument and the instrument player will never go away. It will always be there. The other thing is, I think there are some areas of music where there is an excessive dependence on on electronics. Mm. In other areas of music, thankfully, there is a dependence on the organic source becoming uh, the trigger of electronics. It's the source. Yeah. So yeah. therefore, you will find a tabla player or a sitar player or a flautist or a guitarist actually in a recording studio going through various electronic cables and all those sure. thingies yeah. and, and, and playing and appearing at the other end in, in a mutant form. So, but, it's, but still, the source is that particular instrument. Same thing can be recreated on stage. Yeah. And and then people like like Talvin Singh or Karsh Kale and yeah. all they do that kind of stuff. Sure. But the source, and this is a interesting and I have to give a nod to someone like Karsh or or, or Talvin for creating our Asian underground music, but on stage they have the tabla and it's playing. And they've got this whole electronica thing happening. Yeah. And uh, so you will need live instruments. You will need live musicians to be able to give that experience. In the end, it's the same thing where it's still the person, it's still the instrument, the interpretations and the manifestations of that are mm-hmm. variable. Yeah, um, and taking so many different forms. For for other experiences of electronica, you just go to a disco. Yeah, in a dark room where somebody in a corner is going to be running the DJ stuff. Yeah, and that's and fun. that's it. Yeah, yeah, but that's not a concert. Yeah. It's, it's something else. It's a different story. It's a different right? story, and it's what an audience may choose or may not choose. Is there a danger for people to lose sight of the person, the instrument, if there is this? you know, popularity of things that are virtual, things that are not necessarily based on this analog person and that instrument. 
Is there a danger of, of losing relevance for the classical art? No, because the basic information is always coming from the root, from the source. And, and so therefore, you have to know a little bit of the source. Yeah. If you're going to play a tabla sample, you have to know what kind of a tabla sample you want. You want to know, I want a, a Banarasi, Kajri, Tumri Theka, or I want a classical Tintal Theka, or I want basic information you have to have. There's been almost 60, 70 years of rock, pop, electronica, whatnot music, where people still listen to classical Western music, yeah. classical Indian music, yeah. you know, all that is happening. It will exist because it's the father, so father or mother source, yeah. a parent source. Yeah. And you have to have that information. You have to know C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C on the keyboard or Sarigama Padanisa right. or Tekas and stuff. You need to know. Yeah. And when you now in 2022 are performing, is it equally important to understand that the conversation you're having with your audience, the dialogue and the trust you're building with your audience is equally important with those seasoned listeners as well as those brand new listeners? Aesthetics. Yeah. It's very important to create a package that caters to all yeah. of the above. And... Uh, and one does. Over the years, one learns and, and, and figures out a way to be able to uh, build a smorgasbord. Right. That, that, that's going to be appealing and, ha and be compelling. You know, for someone listening to your music for the very first time, watching you perform, hearing you speak, hearing a, a demonstration, or for that matter, you know, uh, as a student, perhaps, uh, of your music and of your teaching, what do you think compels them to not only listen to your music, but to listen to your music again. I imagine the experience. If I go to listen to a musician or, you know, watch a play or whatever, how I felt there has a lot to do with whether I will come back again. And um, for an artist to be able to create that sonic visual experience that for a fleeting moment gives that listener a glimpse of, of a whole different world just hopefully creates the desire and the need and the curiosity in the listener to want to look out that window again yeah. and see what's out there and, 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 and so that's that's it I mean uh, like I said, it's not supposed to be work. It's not right. chore. It's joy. It's fun. It's ecstasy. It's all that. And 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 that's what you are trying to share with the audience. Yeah. And and for a whole two-hour concert, it was not going to happen. It never happens. Yeah. Even if you go to a Bollywood concert, there are a couple of songs that really stand out for you. Right. And the others may be standing out for somebody else and so on and so forth. And, and, and if I can create that moment of ecstasy that we all experience at the same time for a, like a moment. A uh, flash. Even. Yeah. Um, that is what we will take home with us. And uh, 
we'll want to come back and experience again. Zakirjit, this was such an amazing treat. I'm so grateful that you were able to join us. Oh no, it's my pleasure. And I hope you'll come back and join us again. Oh yeah, I hope so too. Thank you so much. And please check out more at zakirhussein.com. This episode is dedicated to the late Dr. Vedang Londhe, a tabla artist himself who was mentored by Zakir Hussain. Vedang was a dedicated family man and a respected neonatologist. He was the original My Good Friend and the first person I ever told about doing a show like this. We all miss him and I know somewhere and somehow he's listening to this, smiling, playing tabla and doing some brilliant dance moves. Till next time, I'm Abhay Darnikar. Runa Ray and I'm absolutely thrilled to host the fashion stories on Ruckus Avenue Radio and take listeners into the world of sustainable fashion as experienced by female change makers, disruptors and innovators that are championing the global South Asian community. The show will share how we can act now and drive change together and the role of fashion in achieving a better world. I would also like to thank the Fashion Impact Fund for the opportunity to share this narrative.